0: Yeah, Kim Kardashian's been busted. We're gonna talk about that. Not only that, as you can see on the chart here, Bitcoin is about to make a big move. Now the question is, whether this move is gonna be up or down. I'm gonna show you today why I actually think that this move may be up. and I'm gonna back it up by data. So it's gonna be, be fun here today. It's gonna to be a massive, massive, massive show. Um, let's do this, Let, let's do this. I'm back, let's have some fun, let's have some fun. Out of bed, bitch, go get up, get up, and they got go uh. wake up, gotta wake up, bitch, get up. Get up, get up, get, 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 get up.
1: Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. good evening. Good evening. Good evening.
2: Good evening. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Good evening.
1: Good evening. Good
0: evening. Good evening. Good, evening. good morning. Good afternoon. Good night. Depends where you are, guys. I'm back we're doing this again we're doing this again we're all getting together and having fun i can't tell you how happy i am to be back in my studio back relaxed listen singapore is a lot of fun i met amazing people i met uh, the banter fam in singapore is absolutely incredible i didn't realize how many singaporeans um and australians were part of the fam that were that were there in singapore i must say you guys made us feel so at home we had such a good time with you guys i'm so sad to be back but i'm happy to be back because I feel like I'm in my happy space and I can bring you crypto love and I can bring you crypto wisdom from this comfortable place. I also feel like I need some sleep because what you guys did to us uh, in Singapore, the parties, the tequilas, <laughs> oh, I, I, I can't wait to just have one good night of sleep in my own bed. So I'm back. Um, I thought I even though I only landed today, I thought I'd, I must bring you guys a show because there's so much going on. Um, big, big, big stuff. We've got Credit Suisse potentially on uh, being um, uh, potentially going into default, potentially collapsing. Uh, we've got Gary Gensler taking on Kim Kardashian. We've got some big, big, big news from Solana. Uh, we've got some news that shows why Bitcoin may actually break up, not down, in this big move. Now, I know that it's a bear market and everyone's so tired of hopium. But look, I'm going to give you a data. You look at the data then you decide now there's a lot of data and technical analysts saying it was a kiss of death and uh, whatever else but but i'm going to show you some data and then we'll decide together whether we think this next move is going to be up or is going to be down. what do you say cool i agree let's do it so first of all if you're new to the channel welcome 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 you've finally arrived at the right place uh let me tell you one thing we are having a trading competition which we're going to start taking um uh, Entries in this week. So if you don't have a Bybit account or a Bitget account, get yourself a Bybit or a Bitget account now, so that when the trading competition starts, you guys can. Everyone says my forehead, my forehead shining. Hold on, let's just get my, my forehead unshiny again. It's James and all these light se- settings here. Um, so get your Bybit and Bitget accounts because we're going to be dropping a trading competition. The first people to register can win huge prizes just for registering, and then. The reason why we did Bybit and Bitcoin at the same time is that if you guys live in the States, you guys can actually enter both, uh, you guys can enter the competitions. For those of you who are not in the States, you get two chances to win. Unless you're in the States and you're using a VPN, then you would also get two chances to win, but you mustn't tell anyone. If you do that, don't tell anyone. All right, anyway, let's do this. You guys smash the, the like button. You guys subscribe to the channel. I'll do my bit, I'll bring you crypto love and crypto wisdom, I'll keep you up to date, I'll bring you the most fundamentals and the most alpha per minute on any show on YouTube, I'm going to start now and you tell me if I live up to my promise, so let's go, 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 that's where we are, Bitcoin, 19,265, and that is, I think, amazing, and the reason why I I think that is amazing is because if you look at where we started the month, if you look at where we started September, we started September at 19,000, Call 19700 In September, as we predicted, it w- was a brutal, brutal, brutal month. And specifically, if you look at last week, last week on the markets, that's the NASDAQ. For You can see today it's up 1.61%. But last week was absolutely brutal for the stock markets. And last month for the NASDAQ was, I guess, one of the worst months that we've ever seen. Let me go back to the, the 1st of September. So the 1st of September is somewhere around there. And you can see that if you go top to bottom, the NASDAQ went down 13% last month. I don't know if you guys were watching on Friday, but Friday was, was an absolute bloodbath. In fact, the NASDAQ went under, under 11,000 for the first time in a long time. And we kind of knew this because we always said that September is a bad month for Bitcoin and for stocks. It always has been. The good news is that if you're here and you're here now, you survived. And we're going into October. And October is called the the bear market killer. In fact, October's always been, not always, but most of the time, October's been an absolutely amazing month for markets. And the only month that's better than October is actually November. So if you look at the, the data on the S&P, sorry, on the NASDAQ, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 in the past 20 years 15 of those years have been positive in October so if you survive September October should be absolutely amazing not only for uh, the Nasdaq but look at crypto so September isn't traditionally a good month but if you look at October so let's look at, at so look at September red 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 Red, red. Look, generally, September is a red month. In fact, September is the worst month for Bitcoin ever. Um, But if you look at October, October is an amazing month for Bitcoin. And if you look at November, November is also an amazing month for Bitcoin. So we could, if history repeats itself, uh, if history repeats itself, we could be getting an an unbelievable month in October. And I'm going to show you some other data which actually points to the same thing, despite the fact that, Banks are collapsing and, and and everything else. Um, so this is another piece of data. But uh, this guy Simon Reese says do, Am I following him? No, I'm not following him. Let me follow him. Um, I know this. This is the last thing FinTwit Doomsters want to hear. But Q4 is very bullish. Since 1946, the snb and has been negative year to date as at the end of Q3 23 times. Following Q4 performance has been positive 69.6% of the time, 88.9% of the time. Uh, in, a mid-term, in a midterm election year. And we are in a midterm election year. In fact, the midterms are, are here in less than 40 days. So you've got less than 40 days till the midterms, 90%, 88.9% of the time in the midterms, we have a good Q3. Even the dooms, even the, the naysayers, even the, the doomsday people, and I have been watching a lot of technical analysis shows specifically around the kiss of death. So everyone's talking about this kiss of death. Even if you buy that kiss of death, the next move around the kiss of death, which is a, a technical analysis pattern that's playing out, the next move around the, te- the, the kiss of death is actually a move upwards. So even though even the most bearish of people, the people that are predicting this kiss of death, um, even for them, the next two to three months should be bullish. So that's all showing you that everything could be bullish. But you know me, I'm not one for, for, for this hot tea. I actually want to see data, and I want to back it up by some kind of of fundamentals, I'm not just going to sit here and say, oh, because October has traditionally been bullish, uh, it's going to to continue to be bullish. Um, If you look at the year-to-date performance of the S&P 500, this drop is the third worst since 1931. So, so far, this has been a really, really, really bad year on the markets. As I said to you, last month on the NASDAQ was was an absolute, absolute, absolute disaster. And people are starting to capitulate. Retail is starting to capitulate. Last week, I don't know how you guys feel, but last week for me felt like everyone was panicking. And the last thing that we wanted to see was what we saw on the weekend where you get this weekend news of a bank that's potentially going under. And that just brought back memories of 2008. And I know that a lot of retail investors te- texted me this weekend and they were like, like, Ron, what should we do? What should we do? Should we sell everything? Should we sell our Bitcoin? And the market was telling you something different. The market said, look, look, Bitcoin's actually going up. There was actually strength in Bitcoin, despite the fact that there were rumors of a bank going down. When the NASDAQ futures opened this morning, immediate, immediately they went down 100 points or 200 points. But Bitcoin just held. And there might be a clue in that. In in in, in that, th- there may actually be a clue. We also yeah, doesn't matter who it is, but a lot of people are, are coming out and saying, "Look, even if you're bearish, even if you're looking at this kiss of death, it's time for a bounce." And Euron uh, Timmer, who actually d- did say, "Look, it's time not to fight the fairies," is saying, "Look, another ten to fifteen percent decline in equities wouldn't surprise me on a short-term basis." Um, he's also saying that if you look out for this, he says, no surprise, we haven't seen this many bears since the great financial crisis. So people are absolutely negative. And the put call data is showing that there's potentially a bounce uh, imminent, a short-term bounce imminent. So um, uh, uh, that, that, that's an, a, another data point. We do have a lot of people from the Fed speaking this week. So we have a ton of, Fe- of people speaking from the Fed this week. But the truth is, as I said to you before, I think the narrative of the Fed and interest rates is finished. And I think that the guys, the speakers from the Fed can go out for as long as they want and speak as much as they want. Nobody really cares anymore. They've done their bit. They've spoken the market down and the markets adjusted to these high interest rates and whatever else they're doing. It's not about Fed speakers anymore. It's about the new narratives. And as we know now, there are a couple of narratives that are playing out in front of our eyes. The first narrative that's playing out in front of our eyes is the Dixie. We spoke about the Dixie. Um, let me just look at what the Dixie is doing. Uh, let's quickly just quickly quickly get the DXY out. Get the Dixie Dollar Currency Index. So okay, Dixie is at one twelve, uh, which is great. So Dixie is coming down quite a bit, which is which is quite good. And I think that's in response to the pound getting a lot stronger. So that's 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 one positive sign we'll talk a a little bit about why the pound's getting uh, a little bit stronger the next narrative is europe and inflation and let me tell you when i see europe and i see inflation wow okay wow 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 just i want to just show you something i want to just show you these numbers over here um yeah look at those numbers over there this is the european inflation right now as we speak if you're living in europe this is what you're living through Estonia 24.2%, Lithuania 22.5%. This you means that see Turkey? I don't see Turkey it's because like 87%. Of, uh, Yeah. But you, you know like this is not numbers on a on a on a tweet. This is people's money devaluing. This is not like like ha 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 Estonia 24.2%. That means that if you had a million dollars or a million Estonian whatever the currency is there you're 24.2% poorer today than you were a year ago. You, you understand that this is not just numbers. This is, this is, this is, this is serious stuff. So, so that's, what, that's another narrative. European, European um, inflation is another narrative. The, the next narrative, which is, which is uh, starting to drive markets now, is Q3, because October is Q3. And what we're going to start seeing now is we're going to start seeing Q3 earnings. In the next couple of days, we're going to start seeing Q3 earnings reports from the big companies in the US. And there's a big risk and there's a massive concern that the Q3 earnings are going to be going down. And remember, if the earnings go down, then the stock markets are going to be going down. So that's the next narrative that could be be in the market. But the question is, how much of this is actually priced in and how much of this is, 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 is still to be priced in by the market? Especially the earnings part. Because if you think about the big tech stocks, the big tech tech stocks are all powered by advertising. So you think about like Google, Amazon—not really Amazon, but Google, Facebook. Um, what powers those stocks? What powers those stocks is advertising budgets. In a recession, when people are holding back their holding back on spend, what the advertisers do is advertise the advertisers—the first part of the, the, the first part that they cut, the first part of the spend that they cut is they cut advertising. It's the first thing that you do if you're running a, a big corporation, advertising always, marketing and advertising always feels like the cream at the top. And if you have to cut, the marketing department is usually the first place where you cut. And so we are expecting huge um, uh, cuts in, in advertising spend and therefore in earnings. And as a result, what you're starting to see is you're starting to see the big companies uh, start bleeding. You're starting to see them starting to cut stuff and I think that Facebook is going to be one of the big victims, not only because they are, they are um, they're going to suffer because of, as a result of lower consumer demand and as a result, lower marketing budgets. But I also think that Facebook's become irrelevant. I think that Facebook as a product has become irrelevant. They haven't been able to maintain their relevance. And that's, that's one of the other things. Now, when you talk about tech companies, I know a lot of you know this, but remember that working for tech companies wasn't about being paid a salary to attract engineers and to attract the smartest people in the world because these tech companies were making so much money they were making more money than anybody else they were making super normal profits right what did they do they started to introduce a whole lot of perks to make it cooler to come and work there so google gave you like free massages they gave you like free shopping in in google um and, and each one of them tried to outbid themselves or outbid the other ones by providing a whole lot of these amazing free services to keep you there. I remember when my brother was working at Facebook, um I hope I don't get him into trouble, but he snuck me in the one day to go and eat lunch in the canteen with him. That canteen was like a whole lot of five-star restaurants, like some of the best five-star restaurants. What we're seeing now, though, is that these perks are finished. And... If you listen to Chamath, and I, I watch the All In pod, if you don't subscribe to All In pod, you should. Uh, one of the best pods in the world, if you like consuming um, high alpha per minute content like the show, and if you're here, of course, that's why you're here. Um, but just listen to what he says about the tech startups, and then listen to what he says about how far we are from the bottom. And that's what I want you guys to listen to.
3: Because they would just come and say, don't worry. In many ways in tech, what the big tech companies were, were that. You know, you could never really find what the true market clearing price for an engineer was or what the true amount of expenses you should spend on office space or, you know, free services, because you always, always had these companies, which was an escalating arms race. You know, if one company had a m- m- massage, the next company had gyms and massage and physical therapists, and the other company would have buses to take you to the gyms and massage and therapists, and the next company would have protein shakes that were freshly made, you know, and it just kept escalating and escalating. Because the costs didn't matter, and they wanted, if nothing else, to get that marginal engineer or product manager or business person to
0: work at their company,
3: which eliminated the risk that they would actually start something to
0: disrupt them. I mean, you may want to notice that he's wearing a million-dollar watch, just like just or more. How much is a is blocker strategy is very real. You should I the blocker that, yeah.
3: strategy is very real. So when you take this big tech put out of the market you will get true price discovery, and you will find out what the real price should be for this kind of an engineer, that kind of a product manager, you'll find out what are the real expenses you need to bear in order to build a real lasting business. And you'll be able to sort through all of that stuff out. So I think it's a really good moment. And again, it's yet another indication to me that I think broadly speaking, the markets are now starting to stabilize all the irrational behavior. Is starting to exit the system. This, the party is, the is in the last the few hours. Volumes going down. The alcohol is being taken away. People are it hanging around with on. a little bit. Lights are coming on. They're like, oh, I've been here a little too long. And I think that that's a very healthy process for an economy. And I think that that's what's happening right now. So I'm constructive. I'm a little bullish. I'll go, I'll go out on a limb. I think, you know, we could be three to 5% from the lows, but we're more near the lows than the highs.
0: So that's amazing. So that's what he's calling. He's saying we're more near the lows than near the highs. And that's exactly what all the data that I've showed you up until now says, look, we know about all the news that's in the market. And it does feel like the market has hit panic. The retail investors have left. Uh, we're talking about banks crumbling. We can talk about the banks in a couple of seconds. It does feel like we're near the lows. And it also does feel like there's a change in cycle. Like the, the, the big companies from the previous cycle, the Facebooks and the Googles are starting to suffer and there's a change in cycle. Now, we get this every time, you know, you get these big companies, these companies that are successful, that are making super normal profits, but then that only lasts for a certain period of time. After that period of time, um, we, they get back into normality and they have to start fighting very hard to maintain their level of profitability. We've seen it with tech, we've seen it with, with mobile phone operators where they started making super normal profits and it started to come down. And usually that means that a new cycle is coming in. And if a new cycle is coming in, maybe the data is showing us that the new cycle is the crypto cycle and the Bitcoin cycle. I'm not just saying that because we're a crypto show, but I want to actually show you a whole lot of data that, that actually maybe points to the change of the cycle. Typically, the way I judge a cycle is I look at who the big sports sponsors are because sports sponsorship seen is seen as a huge luxury and it costs a lot of money. And usually what you'll find is that the biggest companies, the companies that are making the most supernormal profits are the ones that advertise on sports teams, Formula One teams, football teams, etc. And if you look traditionally throughout history, you had the cigarette companies who were making supernormal profits, but then their cycle ended. Then you had the alcohol companies who are making supernormal profits, but then regulation ended their cycle. Then you had the mobile phone companies who are making supernormal profits, and then well, bang. Who are the big sponsors now? Now the big sponsors and all the sports matches. And all the Formula One and and all the football matches are becoming crypto. And to me, that shows that we may be getting into a new cycle. I'll show you another reason why I think we might be getting into a new cycle. If you look at Bitcoin and you look at what's going on around Bitcoin, you look at the price of everything around the market. The Nasdaq went down 10% or 11% in September. Bitcoin did not move. Bitcoin did not move. Bitcoin started the month at 19,000, and it's staying there at 19,000. And during the month, we had two or three breakouts where Bitcoin wanted to go above 20,000, as you can see. We had a candle there, we had a candle there, we had another candle over the weekend where Bitcoin wanted to go over over 20,000. That shows me that there's relative strength in Bitcoin, even though there's relative weakness in the market. The markets, everybody's panicking, but when you look at Bitcoin, Bitcoin is stable. It's almost like there's a a lot of buyers out there. And if you watch Sheldon's show, Sheldon was talking about volume, and he said that there is huge volume at that level. No matter how many times Bitcoin's tried to go underneath, there's huge volume keeping it up, which kind of shows that maybe the cycle's really, really, really changing and going into Bitcoin. But that's not enough for me. That's, again, not enough. I need to see more data. So let's look at the drawdown from all-time highs. We're currently pretty down from all-time highs. We're 73% from the the all-time high. That's pretty average for a cycle crash. Yes, we may go down another 5% to get down to, I don't know, close to 80%. But we've pulled down and we've pulled down a lot more than the markets. And we've pulled down what is traditionally enough uh, for for a correction. You also got this narrative where money is really devaluing. Now, this is not a joke. Like the US, they claim that their currency is devaluing at 8% a year with their inflation. That's cool. But this is not a joke. And I and remember I said to you guys, I said to you the, the, the new narrative for Bitcoin is actually going to be around where else do you put your money? You can't put your money into property because it's illiquid and there's lots of buying and selling taxes. You can't put your money into gold and silver because you can't carry gold and silver and they can be seized by governments. And people are going, where can we put our hard-earned money if we leave it in money? It is devaluing at this price and it's not limited to one country. It is everywhere in the world, with the US being at around 10%, but countries being this bad. And it's not only here, it's the euro, it's the dollar, it's the euro, it's the pound, all devaluing like crazy uh, against the dollar. And, and the dollar itself losing 10% of its buying power every year. And then on top of that, the currency is losing some of their buying power to inflation every year. It is a recipe for the disaster. And the question is, in that kind of scenario, where do you put your money? When companies, when every single central bank in the world is now starting to intervene, Germany is intervening, Um, Japan intervened in, in their markets, the Bank of England intervened, China intervening into their markets, Korea activating, reactivating a market stabilization fund. The problem is that you just cannot be in any other currency. And you know, the thing now is that it's not only me telling you this, and it's not only crypto people telling you this, it's not only the biggest crypto whales out there um, like like Barry Silbert saying Bitcoin is about to become the safe haven asset simply because there's nowhere else to hide. It's not only him. It's people bigger than him. It's it's the business time saying Bitcoin steady as currencies around the world tumble. So they're also starting to sit. And then it's people even bigger than them. So if you look at like people like Stan Drunkenman, this guy is one of the biggest investors in the world today. He is amazing. He is a slight bear. He reminds me a little bit of Kyle Dupes. Um, It's true, he's he's like you, he's he's much more of a realist. But he's now saying that people, that that cryptocurrency could have a renaissance if people lose trust in the central banks. Now, you tell me, how do you not lose trust in your central bank when you're losing 24.2% of your wealth every year in buying power, and then you're losing more because to the US dollar. Where do you go? Where do you go? Just, he wasn't CNBC. I think you got to hear this. It's two minutes. I think two minutes well-spent. Two minutes I want well to get to something that it just is amazing to,
1: to, to just see it in print from you. And that is when we do lose the, the status as a world reserve currency, going to be hard to find a replacement because in China, there's a lack of trust in the currency of a foreign dictatorship,
0: uh, obviously. And then Europe's a mess. Your best guess is that a crypto derived ledger system will be invented and that
2: that will become the reserve currency of the world.
1: Okay, let's not get too carried away.
2: <laughs> I, know, I know, but I, that that just sizzles uh, with
3: he you didn't know, say sell that the stake.
1: is I, go ahead. I, I knew I knew crypto was gonna come up in this show, okay, so it, it's okay. <laughs> but um look one of the lines about the dollar we've all heard a hundred times the last ten years is we're the cleanest, dirty shirt in the room. There's no alternative. And it's true, that is what uh, has been our strongest case for the dollars. Europe is a complete mess. Now, now remember, um, you, who's going to trust the Chinese? Remember, when he so can't, I, be I them, want to just point out you guys, well, well, how does that resolve it?
0: I want to point out you guys, when did he say this? He's not saying this now because he is seeing what is happening. This was an interview from when Bitcoin was $55,000 so a couple of months ago, and he was calling it, and whatever he called is happening exactly like he called it. Just, just keep listening. So,
1: well. You probably don't remember this, Joe, but five or six years ago, I said that, that crypto was a solution in search of a problem. And that's why I didn't play crypto the first wave, because we already had the dollar. What do we need crypto for? Well, the problem has been clearly identified. It's Jerome Powell and the rest of the world's central bankers. There's a lack of trust. So sort of groping for an answer for a central case at best guess and it's hard to make a forecast three months from now, much less 15 years yep. from now. I think the most likely, the most likely replacement would be- So there we
0: go. So he says the most likely kind of is some system. kind of ledger system created by someone from MIT uh, or whatever, whatever. Um, well, I also saw this, and what we're starting to see now is that there's a massive divergence in the market between the smart money and the dumb money. So th- this only happens, doesn't happen all the time, but. There's a massive divergence between smart money and dumb money. Smart money is starting to load up. Dumb money is out or getting out or sitting out. Um, and right now, what you're getting is that that divergence is, is breaking up. Smart money is starting to buy again. And dumb money is, start, is starting not to buy. And it's, this weekend, as I said to you, I really felt this weekend like people were panicking. People phone me panicking, it's Sunday, the futures market's closed, do you think the NASDAQ's gonna crash? That to me is a sign that you should probably be looking to buy And I think I am actually gonna take a position after the show. I am gonna load up on some Bitcoin. In fact, if you are gonna load up, again, for me the best trade out there is actually not even Bitcoin, it's just to buy GBTC because you're buying Bitcoin at 36.2% discount. Crazy. Crazy. I mean, what's the downside? To, to sell some Bitcoin and buy GBTC if, if you know you're going to hold your GBTC for a long time. Eventually, this, this, this trust has to give out all the Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least half. It, yeah. At least it takes some. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think if you're in the market, I think if you're in the market now and you're looking to get into Bitcoin, buying Bitcoin GBTC, just, I mean, just what, what, just work out for me on a calculator. Uh, what is the price of Bitcoin? 19,200 less, less. 36.2%. Let's see if I've got a calculator here. Calculator. It's $13,000. you are paying $13,000 per Bitcoin in the GBTC trust.
3: You can buy
0: it on FTX. You can actually buy GBTC and FTX, but I think you have to have some kind of like, like accreditation of something to, to trade their, their synthetic indicators. Their synthetic indicators. Now, interestingly, if you are investing in Bitcoin now and you are investing in crypto now, it's not... You need to understand how early you're getting in. You, you really need to understand how early you're getting in. and This is, for me, one of the most exciting things. Um, when I saw this, the first thing I thought to myself is, this is where we are with blockchain. So I'm gonna show you this just because uh, just I find it so interesting. Um, but this is where we are and with we're blockchain. And we here with Brendan Kehoe and you've logged on to internet, Brendan. Before we take
3: a look, what's the big deal about internet? Why is everybody making such a fuss about it? Why is it better than CompuServe
1: or Prodigy, et cetera?
3: Well, the chief benefit is that it's not owned by one company or even a conglomerate of companies like Prodigy. or. Doesn't this sound like a blockchain developer? What companies thought your users would want to do. Where on the Internet, anyone can put any service on and have it do anything they want with it at it's any It's kind of user-controlled. Right. It's, it's completely molded by the people who use yeah. it. All right, let's take a look and show me
1: some of the neat things you can do on the Internet.
3: Okay, the first thing we'll be doing is looking for a job a friend of, for a friend of mine who ha- just got her teacher's certificate, and she's in the Northeast. So we'll be using a tool called Gopher which lets you burrow around the internet and pop up where the information you need happens to be and we're going into the online career center and this will let you search the job listings, it'll also let you search resumes if you're looking for people to work for you Uh and here we'll search for the word teacher, it'll go and perform the search. So you're looking for a teacher's job in the Northeast? Right. Okay. And this is running on a machine in Michigan and here we've got a small list So of I mean this is this is kind of where we are something. in the
0: blockchain revolution. So if you're here now and you're getting in now this is what you're buying and so the macro changes in the economy don't mean anything because you'd be you are actually investing in the technology as early as that guy was talking about the internet. That when I saw that that's I, I just thought these guys sound like our blockchain developers. It's owned by nobody. Anybody can build what they want. Let me show you how the application works. But the reality is we don't even have like a Web3 proper browser yet. Like we've got Brave, which is a Web2 browser, which integrates Web3, but we don't actually have a Web3 browser yet. That's how early we are in the Web3 game. So now that's, I I hope by now I've convinced you to buy. And if I haven't yet convinced you that you should be buying and that maybe we're going to get a good month of October, then maybe the next story will. And the next story is actually quite scary because... We've all got money in the bank. Even I have some money in the bank. Carl, do you have any money left in the bank?
1: Very
0: yeah. little. CZ also says he has no money left in the bank. But if you do have money left in the bank, the question is whether you should be worried. And why should you be worried? Or potentially what could go wrong? That is this big banking collapse that everyone's talking about. So let me let's go through this big banking collapse and then let's decide whether we should be getting our money out of banks because that could be another narrative that's feeding into Bitcoin. Inflation the euro, um, earnings coming out next week, everything else collapsing. Uh, and Bitcoin's not collapsing. Another, but, but the banks may be collapsing. And if the banks may be collapsing and they don't get bailed out, then what happens to your money in the bank? What happens to your money in the bank? That, that's the question. And is your money in the bank safe? So let's look at what happens. This weekend, uh, ABC in Australia was reporting that a major bank is on the brink. And they didn't mention any names. So the market, of course, made its own um, forecast. Or or, 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 yeah, the the market decided that it it was actually um, Credit Suisse that may be going down. Now, This would be very, very, very serious. And what you can see here is that Credit Suisse's US dollar CDs um, uh, spreads were at all time highs. Now, what this means is that a lot of people are taking insurance against the fact that this bank may go under, so that is why people thought that that Credit Suisse may be the bank that is going under. At the same time, just to make matters worse, you got Credit Suisse's CEO. Everyone said a reporter was the CFO. It wasn't the CFO. It was the CEO. The Credit Suisse's CEO said that the bank is at a critical moment as it um, as it prepares for its latest latest overall, while stressing the bank's strengths. And so he, what he was saying is, you're saying, look. We're a critical moment, but we're still okay. We're still financially okay. That is what he did. And actually, he spent the whole weekend, him and his executive team spent the whole weekend reassuring large clients, counterparties, and investors about the liquidity and capital position. And to this extent, I spoke to uh, one or two people who phoned me and said that they were in conversations with Credit Suisse bankers and executives this weekend. And the Credit Suisse bankers and executives assured them that everything was okay. And that's because this whole story was blowing up on Twitter. And the problem with the story like that blowing up on Twitter is that even though the bank may have been solvent on Friday, if everybody goes to the bank on Monday morning and draws their money on Monday morning because they're scared that Credit Suisse goes under, that causes a bank run. And that in itself will cause the bank to collapse. And so that's what you've got to worry about. If you've got money in Credit Suisse or in Deutsche Bank, which is another one of the banks that is potentially on the brink of going down. Got to ask yourself: Is your money safe in that bank? Because maybe the bank is solvent today, but if the rumors start escalating, like we had on the weekend with Credit Suisse, then we could have been in a position on Monday where the bank actually, where there's a bank run on the bank, and 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 that's pretty much the end of the bank. And it's a serious story, and I'll show you why it's a serious story. So, first of all, Credit Suisse is not the only one. The uh, they use in banking they use a ratio called. Uh, a um, price-to-book ratio. And Deutsche Bank is also has a very, very, very bad price-to-book ratio. Societe Generale, the French bank, also has a very bad price-to-book ratio. Now, let me give you an idea of the size of of uh, Credit Suisse and Deutsche Bank. Remember in 2008, we had Lehman Brothers, which was a $600 billion collapse? Well, Credit Suisse and Deutsche Bank are $2.8 billion, which is 4.6 times more than... than um, than uh, uh, Lehman Brothers was. And remember Lehman Brothers created the whole contagion. So now the question is whether there could be a contagion. And in particular, when one of these, what they call these banks, they call them um, GSIBs. Now what is a GSIB bank? I looked this up for you guys. It's certain banks that are labeled by authorities as systematically important financial institutions. And there's a whole list of these systematically important financial institutions. Now, specifically when it comes to these systematically important financial institutions because of what happened in 2008 and 2009 they had they put in higher regulatory uh, measures for these banks so if you are on this list you've got a like you're almost held to a higher level of banking and a a lower level of risk the question is now can this cause a contagion so here's my view my view is that we probably won't have a contagion across the banks and the reason for that is because lightning doesn't strike the same place twice and after lightning struck in 2008 they put in all these processes and systems to force the banks to take less risk and so i don't think the banks can be as exposed now that doesn't mean that a bank can't go under because banks can go under if they're poorly managed and specifically if you look at credit suisse the market's telling you i mean this was a a token that has gone down from thirty dollars in 2015, all the way down to three dollars seventy-seven. The market's telling you that Credit Suisse is actually a very, 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 very badly managed business. They've had multiple things that have gone wrong along the way. They've had uh, insolvencies. They've had their chairman resigns. They've, had, they've been in, they've had they've been implicated in scandals. They've been unprofitable. If you look at their financials, uh, which I downloaded for you guys, you can see that in the first quarter, uh, in the second quarter of 2022, they lost one point six billion dollars. In the first quarter, they lost $273 million. So, this is a bank that's lost $1.9 uh, billion dollars, uh, this year already. So, badly run companies, b- badly run companies can go bad. But I don't think that what we're going to get is another is another uh, contagion. That said, look, if you've got money in Credit Suisse, even though I think they will probably be bailed out because they are so uh, one of these banks, I wouldn't keep my money in Credit Suisse. And then you ask yourself a question. Okay, well, if, if I'm not going to keep my money in credit Suisse, where am I going to put my money? You see, that's that. You see, that's the problem. You want to be, be somewhere that's liquid. You want to be somewhere. You want to be somewhere that's liquid. You want to be somewhere that that avoids all the government shenanigans. There's really only one way to one place to put it, and that is to put it into Bitcoin. So, look, I'm not. Selling you on getting into Bitcoin because I've been doing that for many years now. And if you're not sold, <laughs> you're not sold. But I mean, I do, I'm do. i seeing the writing on the wall. And actually, like, I, I really have a little bit of fiat left. I really have a little bit of fiat left. Um, and even that little bit of fiat, I'm not contemplating putting it into Bitcoin, which I don't know if it's irresponsible. I know CZ's done the same, but I mean, I, what do you do? Keep your money in a bank that's, that's probably going to go bang? When currency is devalued, they are bank runs. We saw this in Argentina. We saw this in many other countries. We saw this in Greece. I don't know. I, I, look, I'm getting out. You guys do what you want. I'm getting out. Carl, you do what you want. I'm getting out. I think that's the one thing Carl and, and I actually really, really, really agree to, Right? Well, I'm keeping my
3: money in stable coins, so dollar denominated because that's
0: an uptrend. And then when that switches to an uptrend and Bitcoin, up. Into- All right. So let's go. I mean, yo, okay, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe the idea is to go into into US dollar stablecoin and then yes. go from stable because that at least that's not in the control of the banks. Yes. That, so I'd rather be there than I'd rather be in USDC and USDT than sitting in credit suites right now. That's for sure. Yes. Okay. That's a good strategy. and then. Uh, Say so again, what's the best stable coin? James says, Uh UST bro. Very good. Stable coin, That's it. but you're not straight so straight. stable. UST, UST. There, <laughs> Terra. UST, UST no, I would go, I would go into a basket of stable, stable. coins right now. I'd get, oh. I'd get the hell out of a bank. To be honest, we're, we're, you're not. Let's do a, let's do a poll. Let's do a poll. Put your, put a poll on Twitter. Fred, if you're watching the show, do a poll on my Twitter now. Would you rather have your money in Credit Suisse? or in USDT slash USDC in your own wallet on the Ethereum blockchain. Let us know in the poll, let us know in the comments. Let us know in the comments people, let us know in the comments. All right, now let's talk about the juicy, 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 juicy story. This story makes my blood boil. Because, because, because the look on that fuck twat's face, sorry. <laughs> this story makes me so angry I, I i i sure okay i'm gonna try i'm gonna do my best to try and get through this story She is such a fucked what the story is. I need to know. you don't know what the story is i'll tell you what the fucking story is okay i i, I want to show you what the story is i'm so angry with
2: Celebrities and influencers often are endorsing a variety of products and services, across television ads, social media or print, on everything from clothing, diet plans to perfumes. It catches our attention. We always wondered, did they use the product? Do they like the product? How much were they paid to endorse it? In any case, what does this have to do with the Securities and Exchange Commission?
0: I would just this music. What is this music? What is this music? Sometimes celebrities
2: endorse investment opportunities like crypto tokens or special purpose acquisition companies. Celebrity endorsements, though, don't mean that an investment product is right for you or even, frankly, that it's legitimate. Even if a celebrity endorsement is... No, this, this is real.
0: He actually tweeted this. Each
2: investment has its this own and opportunities and may not fit your investment needs. Furthermore, this is a the celebrity of the or influencers' incentives aren't necessarily aligned with yours. We might enjoy watching a celebrity playing on a basketball court, starring in anyway, a so this, TV show. The story, I can't watch this anymore. Sorry
0: or, guys, I can't watch this. The SEC charged Kim Kardashian today for touting a crypto security. Now look, she, I don't, I, I, I hate the fact that Kim Kardashian was touting a crypto security. Let's get that straight. I think that. Companies that go to celebrities to tart their projects are definitely projects that you want to be dumping, right? So, like, let's say that. And I think the fact that Kim Kardashian tarted a project is vomit, Bleh. okay? Like, it's disgusting. It should never have happened. But, 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 they are now charging her. So they're charging her for 1.6 million. One one point something million dollars. I, I don't remember the exact amount. One point something million dollars. I'll read it for you guys in a second. Now, just get this right. She said, she tweet, she put this on her Instagram. Are you guys into crypto? This is not financial advice, but sharing what my friends just told me about Ethereum Max token. And then she actually literally said, hashtag ad, you see? And she was paid $250,000 to run this on her Instagram. She was paid. But she didn't disclose that she was paid, but she did say hashtag ad. And she did collect $250,000. Now they fined her like over a million dollars and she settled with him. And she said that she is cooperating, that, that she's cooperating with him. So this is CNBC's coverage of it. Important to watch. We actually have some fascinating
2: breaking news it in is the financial hall this okay, morning because the SEC is charging Kim Kardashian uh, for her post on Instagram last year and endorsed a crypto asset sold by Ethereum Max without disclosing how much she was paid to promote it. The SEC says the Kardashian has agreed to settle that case, though, with the agency. The price tag, $1.26 million. She's cooperating with an ongoing investigation. And we're going to talk a lot more about this this morning at 8 a.m. We're going to have the so SEC.
0: So that's it, $1.26 million for Tatian and Crypto Projects. And she actually paid it. I mean, crazy. Now, Gary Gensler actually did go on to CNBC at 8 a.m. Here's the clip from 8 a.m. Now, what you can see, and the reason why I'm so upset is because you can see that he's targeting crypto. You can see that he's like, he's, he's got this thing for crypto. He, it kind of makes me mad, I was so relaxed. I was so Help us understand why you brought this case and why you settled
2: it. Um, thank you, Andrew, it's good to be with you. Look, Congress passed a law many decades ago called the Securities Act, and it was to protect the public. And part of that law said that if you tout a stock you need to disclose not only that you're getting paid but also the amount so the source and the nature of those payments and so this was to protect the public when folks and this law was passed in the 1930s we've brought these types of cases over the the decades but even in the last five years with regard to crypto it's really important that the public understand if somebody is touting a crypto security token uh, that uh, are they getting paid and how much are they getting paid? And we brought a case a number of years ago, I think four, four years ago, against Floyd uh, Mayweather, against uh, DJ uh, Khalid, uh, Steve Segal, uh, an actor,
0: uh, and others over the years. So this... Okay. So, I mean, that's what's happening. I, I mean, I must be honest. I do think that celebrities that promote tokens for money i think that they should be taken to task i think i'm just angry with gary Gensler because he's just it feels like he's like you know why you're taking on kim kardashian that's cool you decided unilaterally that this ethereum max is a security i don't even know if it's a security or not i don't know the pro- i don't know the project at all but then on the same day he launches this whole campaign you're know, like on his twitter it's like a whole campaign around going for celebrities and influencers and now you've got and uh, now you've got him Uh, um, uh, getting getting Kim Kardashian uh, to pay this $1.26 million settlement for only accepting $250,000. So, again, I'm not for it. In fact, I hate the fact that celebrities endorse crypto projects. I never touch a crypto project if a celebrity endorses it. You should probably do the same. If you see there's a celebrity endorsing it, that's not a crypto-related person. Well, then you know it's garbage. Then you know that they're being paid to do it, and you should probably stay away from that project. Um, All right, lastly... Lastly, but there's so much more to talk about. So Alex Mashinsky, um, look, I've always been an Alex Mashinsky fan. Uh, even when things went bad, I, I backed him and I said, you know, I think he had good intentions, but I think that this was one step too far for me. What he did was he withdrew $10 million weeks before the company's, before company froze customer accounts. So he took $10 million out because he knew that they were about to freeze customer accounts, he drew $10 million. Now, his spokesperson actually came out and said, in mid to late May, Mashinsky withdrew a percentage of his cryptocurrency in account, much of which was used to pay state and federal taxes. In the nine months leading up to that withdrawal, he consistently deposited cryptocurrency, blah, blah, blah. He still got $44 million in there. I think if you knew that you were about to freeze account and you drew your own money, that I can't back you on, that I can't back you on. that's it for today remember that tomorrow we're launching the trading competition so make sure that you sign up with bybit and bitkit today because tomorrow is going to be too late uh there's there's over a hundred thousand dollars in prize money and the people that sign up first are going to win random prizes and that's starting tomorrow so make sure that you guys get signed up um i loved doing a show with you guys today there was so much there was so much in the show amazing i could have carried on and on and on but uh, french told me to keep the shorts uh, much show. Oh, what about coin stats? If we got 200 signups for coin stats, I'll get the numbers tomorrow because I just landed today. Then we'll give away a bitcoin. And if we didn't, we'll try again next month until eventually we end up giving away that bitcoin. I have the bitcoin, 200 in, month. 200 in one month, but I have the bitcoin that gave I, I have the bitcoin. I must just give it away now. I don't know. We'll, we'll do it tomorrow. Listen, guys, I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Uh, until then, have fun. And if you're trading, let's just have a look at what the markets are doing it's almost decision time for bitcoin i'd say there's one two there's four more days before bitcoin makes a decision and i'm and i'm telling you the decisions up Carl, up or down the risk remains to the downside but if it breaks 21,500, then cool up. see you guys again tomorrow until then trade well my friends
1: Fun show. Yeah. That yeah, was a good show. I enjoyed it.
0: It's good to be back. Yeah. It's nice to be, nice to be chilled and not running around the hotel and, uh,